0: Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What are shadow people? How about the hat man? What, uh, I should say, are they entities, are they and entities like them, good, bad, or indifferent? Pay attention, Paul.
1: Hey, you know, it happens to the best of us. Welcome to the 907th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Uh, we we'll be coming to you live from WOON AM and FM radio here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, on the Paranormal Radio app, from TalkStream Live, and on YouTube, and via TuneIn.com. I'm Ben, and those shadowy questions came from my co-host, partner in Paranormal Adventures, and dad, Paul. And today, we welcome back an old friend on a pretty remarkably strange subject. Which we deal with anyway, but especially this one. Mm,
0: Heidi Hollis has uh, researched unsolved mysteries for over 20 years. Over the years, and as early as 1997, uh, Heidi coined terms like shadow people, the hat man, and others. In her many books, she tries to bring the ordinary and the extraordinary to her audience on a comfortable level, where they can be discussed frankly and openly. Using her skills as an author, researcher, and even a cartoonist, Heidi ties into her own personal—I should say—paranormal experiences to bring us books like *I See Shadow People* and *The Hat Man: uh, A Guide on How to Get Rid of Them* for all ages. Today, we go deep onto subject, into subjects like this. Heidi is a regular on shows like *Coast to Coast AM* with George Nurry. Her websites include the blog Ficklefinders.com. Uh, and, of course, there's HeidiHollis.com. We'll talk more about those later.
1: Indeed. So, Heidi Hollis, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal.
2: Thank you, guys. How have you been?
1: Hey, you know, well, we're... Better than nothing. Yeah, we're doing. We're doing, and we're doing well, I think. Awesome. Oh, that's great. So, <laughs> so, I guess we'll just kind of hop right into it. Um So, let's, for those who do not know, uh what are Shadow People and who is the Hat Man?
2: So, Shadow People are these um, shape-shifting... Creatures that are darker than darkness, uh, people would describe it as being absent of light. And uh, they come appear as something as simple as a almost looks like a bat passing you, but it goes so quickly and or a shadow cloud or shadow rodent. Um, and then it can also take form to look more like a spider. So shadow spider and then something that I called uh, head and shoulder shadow, which are these massive things that could kind of look like a person with its head directly connected to its shoulders and, um, may show glowing red eyes and, um, absolutely menacing, uh, to witness. And they can be anywhere from six to 10 feet tall, or I've heard of bigger even. And, um, one of their favorite things to do are to pin people down. Um, and, uh, make people feel as if their life is near over. I mean, they're suffocating the people. They growl. uh, They do whispers. But um, I don't know them to really clearly talk to people much, um, if ever. And, um, yeah, so these things are seen right alongside of alien beings sometimes. And um, it's just a a horrible, horrible presence to have and uh, are always around any kind of severely haunted location.
1: So I guess that kind of brings us to our our, our next question, which is, um, you know, in, in your book, uh, The Hat Man, the True Story of Evil Encounters, you talk yeah. about your, your first sort of meeting with a shadow person in 1990 while you were walking with a friend. Can you tell us about that? And what yeah. did it do to your perception of reality? Oh, man.
2: Well, I mean, I grew up in a haunted house, so I, I wasn't that... Uh, unfamiliar with seeing things out of the ordinary, but seeing something like this in broad daylight. uh, So what was going on, my friend and I were walking to her uncle's house and I saw this black shadowy thing at first from my peripheral vision jump from a tree and duck behind a bush. And I'm like, you know, did I just see that? And and as we continued, it did this along the way, just scurrying along and and hiding. And uh, we reached our destination, turned around and come back. And it did that same thing all the way back to her house where I was staying temporarily. And um, by the time I reached her home, I was just beside myself. And uh, being a, a cartoonist, I'm like, I grabbed a piece of paper and I'm like, look, I don't know what I was just seeing. But I saw this thing and I drew the head and shoulder looking shadow. And I'm thinking my friend is going to laugh her head off looking at my drawing, but instead she looks at it and goes, oh, that thing, you know, <laughs> I don't know. That thing's been following me since I was a kid. And I'm like, you know, what? Um to get that and then get validation from her father who looks at my drawing and goes, oh, is he back?
1: You know, oh,
2: um it was just incredible. And then I had to go upstairs and grab something. I was staying at their home and uh, I didn't turn the lights on because it's broad daylight. There's a lot of sunshine coming in. Um, but it was a, a halfway completed attic, um, where the room was. And I go in there, grab what I needed, turned around and this thing was blocking my way out of the room. Um, for something that seems so, uh, almost bashful or sneaky, to have it come at me confrontational uh, manner like that was just, I don't even know how to describe that kind of fear. I don't think I've felt that kind of fear before that so, and to say that I felt that evil is an, <laughs> is an understatement. I felt it wanted to kill me and I felt it was angry. I saw it um, and, uh, you know, I <laughs> Something. It's almost as if something told me, "Don't run, don't swing at this thing." Just, you know, I just closed my eyes and started saying a prayer, and I walked slowly through this thing because I felt if I stayed there any longer, I was going to die or pass out. <laughs> so um, that's how I, I made it through. So it really shook up my my world to to feel evil like that, and to have something. Uh, so quickly validated was it was just uh, mind blowing. So yeah, uh, I'm really looking
0: back on our our own cases, and uh, the uh, we, we always give you credit, Heidi. I've told you this before uh, for the term "shadow people," which I guess now is a registered trademark. Yes, and I don't and, blame you, and, you. You know, because yes, everybody, and, t- you know, you, you really uh, made a made a splash in the field in that. Mm. Uh, so, and I'm thinking back of. Uh, w- I think of these things as, kind of, and I, you probably know more about them than I do, but when I've run into them as archetypes, things that are buried in the human psyche, and that's how we see them, and that's how we label them. For example, twice I have seen the man in the checkered shirt, which is um, a sort of garden variety archetypal figure, uh, once in Montreal, Canada, and once in uh, Rhode Island here. Uh, I have run into the little girl Blonde girl with flowers in her hair, and uh, a number of what would be could be called shadow people in a number of different cases, and they they always turned out to be what we refer to as parasites, uh, which would tie right in w- w- with with the evil nature of what you're saying. One of the and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. One of the strangest ones, of course, was <laughs> the, the Bridgeport the Poltergeist affair of 1974. And when I came face to face with these things and i was literally face to face with one they were we we were i was in the seminary at the time there was a priest we were considering these to be demons Ed and Lorraine and everything these were demons but it that didn't seem good enough there seemed to be an alienness about them it wasn't necessarily evil it was just completely other totally lifeless in, in the sense of human life although they were alive and w- would this match some of the impressions that you have described uh, in facing these things? Uh, I think people would when they feel the sterility and the the cold hostility they would call it evil. I mean and and w- would that sort of match up with your your experiences with these things?
2: I I would say so um as far as uh the the evil nature and having that alien feel connection to them. Um, I would have never personally guessed that these creatures had anything to do with aliens. I mean, <laughs> they seem so different. If anything, I would just think, you know, paranormal hauntings type of stuff or demonic uh, possessive type situations. But um, it was not until my college years that uh, I came across a, another type of phenomena that I never would have suspected or or expected when um a, a more benevolent entity a, uh, an alien being started speaking through uh my college roommate who was extremely religious that felt anything that wasn't in the bible was just plain evil and don't talk about it around her and uh this is where i learned what these shadow beings were what hatman was um it, so a lot of people think it's just uh you know me digging trying to find something i had no idea um this was information told to me and my college uh friend and uh yeah it was just so it, it's like i i wish that um things weren't as deep and complicated as they they can appear you know i i wish that uh If people could, could put it into two different categories. It's like, I, I know that, uh, there's so many different definitions and I always say some things exist without a definition and Mm. there's two piles. (laughs) Dark, light, good, bad, you know. And, uh, because it's, it's, there's so many puzzles and so many things. I don't think that, um, we'll ever get to all the answers. Um, but it, it's fascinating. Some of the, the things like yourself, you're able to pull in so much of your experience and say, ah, I see where it all connects. And, uh, I, I, I'm finding it, um, for myself and to be able to express this, uh, as clearly as possible to people, it seems to simplify it and open their minds to understanding that sometimes you don't have to completely understand it all that you can just, um, categorize it one or two and, (laughs) <laughs> and, and and apply what's needed to take care of it Because it can be remedied in people's lives
0: Yeah, well I want to get into that too uh, <clears throat> But a couple of things you said were very interesting Especially uh, the size of some of these shadow people Now we run into them in parasite cases that, And they're little People actually turn around in their kitchen And see the l- little shadow beings But mm-hmm. uh, when you say 6 or 8 feet tall red eyes <clears throat> One thinks of Mothman right, you. Yeah. The whole Mothman mm-hmm. thing there. Would you say, uh, you know, at the risk of putting labels on things, uh, there are a lot of alien things about Mothman. We use the term alien, we don't necessarily mean from other planets. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, in, in the classic sense. But w- what about the, w- would you say Mothman fit into this category because of the, the terror that he, she, or it mm-hmm. inspired?
2: I, I I really wouldn't be surprised. Um, but if anything, I, I feel as if uh, Mothman might fall into, uh, one of the minions that works for Hatman, um, because there are several of them that do. So, um, and it's that, that menacing nature, it's more solid than, uh, like a shadow being a shadow being shape shifting. And, and, and you mentioning the small shadow people. Um, so sometimes I, 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 of course these things can morph. So, uh, but generally, uh, the head and shoulder looking one does tend to be rather large. And, uh, But I've heard of smaller ones, but I often hear people describe these smaller ones as having a hood on with Mm. glowing red eyes. And those are an alien being who also are connected anyhow. So um, but, yeah, they can be smaller uh, as well. But if they have a really definitive shape to them, uh, it's it's more than likely something that works for for Hat Man. And it seems so. Um, strange to think that there's some kind of hierarchy. I mean, is there honor among thieves?
0: <laughs> we know? find that all the time. We, we find they have a culture, leadership. Yeah. Uh, eight or nine different species. Uh, yes. so t- tell us about Hatman. He seems to be mm-hmm. kind of at the top of the pyramid sometimes. And what kind of creature is
1: this? The big wig, if you will.
0: Yes, he is a big, big wig.
2: Yes, he is. Um, so he's a, he kind of looks, looks like a guy that's uh, wearing a three-piece suit. Uh, trench coat or cape, uh, wears different types of hats or no hat. He changes his suit sometimes. Um, and, uh, God forbid if he smiles at you because it's something like out of the Batman movies with the Joker. Um, hmm. uh, just ear to ear and, uh, his teeth look like Pennywise from Stephen King's It. So, and he likes to talk. He likes to just instill such terror. And people, and he enjoys it. He loves getting into people's personal space, getting within an inch of their face, and talking about what he wants to do to them and how he's going to have them do things for him. Uh, he'll say he's the devil himself. And um, you know, in the beginning, when I first put up his image on my website, that's been stolen all over the world. Um, they just erased that lovely copyright symbol on it. I've seen <laughs> tattoos on people. Oh gosh really? wow. so, so ridiculous! um yeah, so when I put that image up, I almost immediately so i I had a website called uFO the number two the letter u dot com so I had ufo two dot com a UFO website before most people had a, a website and uh, so I got all these emails about uh aliens and and ghostly stuff, and I put up Shadow People images. Everything turned to shadow people, and then I put the hatman 99% maybe uh, around that uh, is now about Hat Man. Um, so he's a dominating force out there for certain. Um, and the the consistency between the stories it, it's what's so disturbing. Um, but when people would write me, they're like, "Who is he?" And they'd answer their own question. And they're like, "He's the devil, isn't he?" Like, they just know. They just know that's what he is. And um, it's heartbreaking, especially when I get emails from children. Uh, kids grabbing your cell phone aren't always playing games. They're looking things up, and they're finding me, saying, help me, my mommy doesn't believe me. I'm eight years old. And oh, boy. Um, I had so much difficulty with that, because once they tell you your, their age, you can't write them back. But being a cartoonist, I thought, I'm going to do a little kid's book that's also friendly for adults because uh people are always asking me, how do you go about protecting yourself? And I drew it out in this book, uh, the one that you named, uh I, I've renamed it to be called The Hat Man, How to Get Rid of Dark Beings for All Ages. So um essentially, so it's book two of The Hat Man uh, trying to show people how to take care of these things. So now I can just say. Oh, that, I'm sorry to hear that, kiddo. You know, maybe mommy will love this book. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just been heartbreaking, um, what's going on out there. But so Hatman is, um, I, I've discovered, I believe I've discovered who he really is and what his name is. Oh. Okay. Uh, yes, um, the name is Aramon. Um, it's something that Rudolf Steiner had, um, referred and, <laughs> a crazy story i mean i i had a friend who sent me this sculpted image and i'm like wow who did a sculpture of hat man that's pretty cool and they're just like excuse me and i'm like yeah that's Hatman. it's like that's his original form and they're like Rudolf steiner sculpted this a hundred years ago and he said a hundred years from the time that he said this somebody would find who he is And, um, I mean, the goosebumps and having that name, I, I just, I can't even tell you just jumping up and down. Like I found you, I found you, I know who you are. Um, but yeah, so he is, uh, something that the anthroposophy uh, discusses and it's, and they refer to him as the devil. So I was like, well, yeah, that's what he is. I, I just, I'm just blown away. Um, that but it definitely is and I've had people from the um, anthroposophy studies say it does appear you found him so I'm blown away
0: one question is how far back do these stories go I mean some of these you know you talk to the aboriginals and you got stories back to the ice age or before that Um, this is not an internet phenomenon like slender man is it
2: no I mean when you think about 100
0: years ago you referred to the sculpture yeah
2: Right. Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, evil's been spoken of since the beginning of time, hasn't it? I mean, sure. I think it's taken different forms. Um, and, and it's it's funny because I've never been one to really stop, drop and dig into history on it. And some people, <laughs> I've, I've had a handful of people over the years go, oh, you got that from mm. the natives. Oh, you got that from this. And I'm like, I didn't get it from anywhere but the aliens <laughs> mm. <laughs> when they spoke of it. I gave, I, I called them shadow people myself for years. And many others have reached out to me over the years also saying when I was a kid, I called them shadow people too. I'm like, yay, you know, I'm I'm sure there's others too, but, um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a, a wild time because, um, you know, all I know is how to be true to what it is that I know what I agreed to talk about, uh, in this lifetime. And, um, and you know, just keep going forward it 's like digging in history is cool, but uh, things are speeding up so fast right now, and there 's so many difficulties going on with these creatures there 's really no time to waste on history when the present is a hot mess
0: <laughs> yeah no you 're right the uh, the The issue too uh, of a of a well a personal devil uh can be problematic uh, even in theology you know linguistically, <laughs> what do you mean and all this and it's not as clear as, as some people might think it is. But as far as, so, so that leads to the question, the, the hat man, when someone has a hat man experience, how do you know it really is the hat man? You know, that's some, it might be some parasite yeah. pretending to be because they're they're mimics in nature and, and that's what they, they mm. tend to do. So I, I don't know, how, is yeah. there really <clears throat> a hat man?
2: Uh, yeah, there is. And, um, you know, it, it again, it's it's very much like, you know, well, is it him or is it not? I'm like, what happened? How did your soul feel when you're in the presence of it? You know, it's like I I felt like my soul was at risk. Uh, the things that it said and the things that it did and the way that it, it comes at me regularly or whatnot. Um, so that's the things that I look at more than trying to define it specifically. <clears throat> because if it's evil, it doesn't matter. It needs to be dealt with. So uh when it comes to um the situations that people usually describe uh hatman does tend to come at night uh but he does come during the daytime as well so but he he prefers when uh we're at our weakest uh he's a coward in that way and it tries to take on humankind when they're asleep and then paralyze like whoa yeah, yeah, yeah. what, what yeah. big big man you know um yeah. So, and, and going after children. So it, it really angers me, the, the stuff that goes on. But, uh, so he'll, he'll paralyze people. He'll give them nightmares even, very specific. And imagine having like the worst nightmare of seeing this, this thing, uh, laughing or torturing you and you wake up and he's in your room. So you didn't leave, even leave your nightmare because he's there laughing about it. And some of these people, they get within an inch of their, <laughs> their lives they feel because they just can't take the horror anymore. Um and he'll bite, he'll punch, he'll scratch, and he rapes them physically um doesn't- doesn't matter if it's your you're male or female <clears throat> because uh anything that could create a feeling of terror, horror and taking over your power, and then oftentimes well, I don't know how often I should say, but a, a lot of times I get these emails of people saying you know i I was just like, just kill me already and when I said that. He reached into their chest and pulled their soul out and was dragging them, saying, I've got you now. You know, now you're mine. You know, like they gave up. Um, And until they call out to God or Jesus help them, were they able to make it back to their body? And um, these are the desperate emails that I get. You know, all caps, please help. You know, I can't go back to sleep. He's going to grab me again type of emails so it's like how can um uh you know a lot of people are like oh you should really be charging for your services i'm like what's the price of a soul (laughs) but please help you know i don't (laughs) charge to help these people um you know and it's like and and i'm not a psychic i'm not a guru i'm just somebody who's been through a lot in, in regards to these things and i remember before i was born that i said i'd work on these things to try to help um I just uh didn't realize how bad the situation was already when I first spoke of Shadow People Hat Man on Coast to Coast so many years ago. Um, it was just amazing. And now I wrote my book, The Secret War book, uh that first introduces a topic of shadow people in nineteen ninety seven and uh I I just um it took me four years to to get that published, but it was written in two months. And it was spread out all throughout the community of people that were writing books and researching on uh, paranormal and UFOs because those are the only people who published books like that back then. So it was uh it was really disheartening to have to wait as long as I did to finally get to talk about it uh, out in the public. But it was definitely being spoken of behind closed doors. But um, it's really a relief to be able to reach the people that I am right now and and try to offer help when and where I can.
0: Well, we want to get into, uh, you know, how to get rid of this sort of thing and, and, and some uh, more about maybe it's ontology. But uh, mm-hmm. in the meantime, uh, we have a couple of questions from listeners. But I think before that, we're going to take our, our mid-show break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley with our wonderful guest today and our old friend Heidi Hollis. We'll be right back.
1: The night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to The Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade The finest in late night talk, listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific time at thekingdomofnigh.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Want
2: to take a ride? Local and live
0: at 99.5 FM. And welcome back to WON and Behind the Paranormal here on uh, 99.5 FM and uh, 1240 AM. We have some questions from listeners for our guest Heidi Hollis. Uh, ben, you don't know it yet, but you have one under your pile there from ah. Peter in South America.
1: Cleverly hidden, of course. Who of always course. sends
0: in great questions.
1: And, ah, and there, there we are. Yeah, there are several questions, so take That's, it away. Now that, now that the, the public didn't get to see me rifling through papers. Um, <laughs> hi, Paul. Uh, please ask Heidi if uh, there's any physical evidence in cases of Hatman and his shadow relations. With UFOs, we have radar data, you know, landing traces, Bigfoot foot impressions. Do we have anything that is equivalent?
2: Hmm. Oh, goodness. Um, to have something tangible like that, uh, I haven't come across anything outside of photos and video of him showing up. Um, and some of it is pretty, um, uh, pretty impressive, to be honest. I mean, uh, so no, I, I, I can't say I mean, it's pretty much uh, along the lines of those who do ghost hunting because he does show up around haunted locations. And there's a reason for that as well. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of along those lines of, of more of a the different EMF breedings and the cold chills and uh, yeah, along those those lines.
1: Okey dokey. Uh, so Peter has a has a comment and then asks asks <clears throat> well then asks for your 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 comments on said comment. So let's read the comment. Um, in your podcasts, uh, you repeatedly state that calling on Jesus is effective in making shadow species go poof. However, this technique has been described as not working by alleged uh, victims of phenomena. For example, Nadine Lelich on Paul's show. I imagine Paul himself tried that before uh, using a Brother Juniper joke book. Comments? <laughs> That's a long story, Heidi. i have to explain it yeah. off the
2: air. <laughs> I'm like, what was that?
1: Um,
2: my, my show, I, since I mentioned the podcast, it's called Dark Becomes Light. Uh, it's on iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And... Um, what I do is I take uh, people's emails and I read them and try to give some helpful insight. And I also welcome people to come on the show to, to discuss what it is that they've experienced. Um, I've had people that have told me, "I said Jesus helped me" and all these different things, and nothing worked. And you know, and I've had rather deep conversations with some of these people that say that. And I, and I, I you know, I'm, I'm not God. I can't say, "Well, you didn't have the right amount of faith for that." But I, I don't know what, um, it, from my understanding, some of these people have given up a lot as, as far as what they believe in. Um, and it's almost like a sprinkling of a recipe. I sprinkled a little bit of this, I threw that, you know, and, and mixed it and it just didn't pop out right. Um, so I, I can't I can't tell you what's the reasoning behind uh, some of these folks um and some of these very very rare situations that I've personally come across that tell me, well, I tried that, it didn't work. So give give me something else, you know. But and and those people generally will tell me too. I don't get into that religious thing, but I said that God, you know, I went down the list. Um. So and I keep thinking of uh, that movie. It was at Salem's Lot or something, where the guy held up the the cross up to the vampire, and the vampire grabbed it out of his hand and said, "You got to have faith for that to work." Um, I, I don't know if that's the right movie, but I, I just, I mean, that scene pops into my head over and over again. I'm like, well, you know, was something lacking? I don't know. Um, all I could tell you is, like, in most of the cases I come across, when being met with something so evil, it does work. And, and sometimes, yeah, they're having to say it a couple of times or and bless their space. But, uh yeah, I mean, I've been now talking about this stuff for over 20 years, and it's been only a handful that, um, describe, well, gee, that just didn't happen. Didn't work.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, there, there have been issues in, in my history, uh, during exorcisms and stuff. Something there, you know, I, I was just assisting. I wasn't performing. It was a priest one. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't always work. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have seen, you know, I, I, in my personal opinion, you shouldn't go into a Muslim home or a Hindu home. And America's full of all kinds of different people now. Not everybody's a Christian, and right. uh, it's, it's just. And what did Jesus say in the Gospels? If you read it in Greek instead of the horrendous English translation, "Your faith has made you well." Whenever he performed a miracle, he never took credit for it himself. You know, mm-hmm. the person shared in the miracle, and that there were times when he couldn't do miracles, particularly in Nazareth, that sort of thing. Which is interesting because I don't. Nazareth probably wasn't built till the third century A.D. But anyway. Uh, the, uh, the the issue is is uh, one of a uh, faith, uh, and I have seen the name of ISIS make them scatter, you know. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I think th- th- there's a certain, um, and I'm by no means a relativist, but I think that uh, you have to take people where they are because that's what God does, you know. So mm-hmm. anyway, but be that as it may, um, before we get into another question from one of the listeners. Um, I was astonished in researching the Mothman phenomena years ago that they would sometimes be—not uh, often—but be positive. For example, um, there would be people who'd say, who'd say, "Well, I encountered it, and I, I got better in math and things. Uh, my life really improved just you know by being in the presence of Mothman." Whereas, you know, 90% of the people were utterly terrified and uh, had miserable experiences. So. Uh, that no. leads into a question, have you ever heard, not necessarily with Hatman, but with, with shadow <laughs> beings, you know, what put, people put the, that label on as being a positive experience or one in yeah. which, uh, you know, so tell, yes. us, tell us about that.
2: Yeah, I have. And, uh, you know, it, and, and I'm finding people are posting about these things, too, and writing to me as well, like, well, my experiences weren't like that, or I wasn't afraid of him, you know, so if he must be decent. He's like... My guardian. And uh, when I've talked to some of these folks, I'm like, what makes you say that? It's like, well, he's guarding my bed at night, you know. I'm like, oh, because <laughs> he's pacing the floor and he hasn't attacked you yet. Okay, got it. Other times it's been, uh, well, he punched my abusive dad for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, yeah. okay, so that was a favor. I'm like, so now you owe him. Um You know, I think he builds up confidence. These things build up confidence sometimes in... um these people to let their guard down, they get comfortable with his presence. I've, I've had people who grew up with hat man or shadow people, and so they're used to the presence and then they turn 18 or, you know, they get older and, and then he starts the abuse. Um, it, it's just it, he, they're very, very patient. Um, oh, yes. and, and the way that they go, I'm like, I'm like, well, look, I'm like, he's observing you at night. He's not guarding you. He's looking for a way in. And luckily, he hasn't found it yet. But trust me, at some point, if he's that close to you all these years, it's just a matter of time. Um, so it, it's, it's disturbing to me, because it's a grooming like a pedophile. It is. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that's a good description. Yeah, it really is. And I'm like, hold on. Like, so the kid agrees at the age of 15, and you've been grooming them since they were five years old. Now the kid is complacent, so they're guilty? No, you know. So, um, yeah, I I think people misinterpret uh, what's going on uh, with going on. I mean, I had a situation where I had a bunch of grays in my apartment. And I couldn't understand. I grabbed my little photo booklet from one of their hands and only to go into my bathroom to see this one one of the grays shapeshift to appear like my nephew that was in that photo album. So they're gathering information to confuse me. I, I don't I don't know. You know, it's like um but you got to wonder what's what's the gathering of information why are they observing why are they all around um so there's there's a, a process behind all of it and um there's you know no matter what people say out there when it comes to uh the alien uh, situation too like you know i i have a lot of uh background on the topic of ufo's aliens um ghostly phenomena because i've gone through all of it near death experience uh, holy encounters and uh you know there's this notion out there that well these aliens didn't cross the universe just to come and be horrible to us like it's all love and light and it no it's not it's not um and there's an association between these beings these darker beings and um what's what's going on with these alien abductions um alien interactions and why they're seen right alongside of him. If you see the image of Aramon, which is on my website, uh, shadowfolks.com, you'll see that he looks very much like an alien.
0: Yeah. One of the, um, the, the points I did want to ask you about, before we get into another question, mm-hmm. um, is is essentially the notion of tulpas or thought forms, uh, which are well-known mm-hmm. in Tibetan Buddhism, and, and is, it sort of bleeds into some of the theories about poltergeists. That someone in distress will uh, have energy that comes out and essentially will will form one of these entities you know in our in our experience these are are things that uh, you know they, they, that activity rings the dinner bell for parasites and they come and assume the form that you will be most responsive to that kind mm-hmm. of, but regardless of how it happens, is it possible that some of these are not actual independent entities? but are uh, created by or at least share the life of the person who is experiencing the uh, the horror here
2: um you know i i get a lot of uh thoughts uh, in regards to uh, perhaps you know because you put these images out there people are experiencing this more they think they are and i'm like almost weekly i get an email saying i thought i was the only one <laughs> yeah so it's like, are we really creating something that uh, just so happens to wear a suit and a hat and are horrified that 40 years later, this lady's out here talking about this? Um, you know, I, I think that there are definitely uh, situations where people are uh, conjuring up things. I, I think a lot of cause the human potential is something else. We've got a lot of abilities that we're not tapping into uh, than we accidentally do. And we're like, whoa, what was that? And uh I think there's really something to be said about who we really are, if we could only remember. And uh, the same beings that told me about Shadow People Hat Man said, there's no time to learn. It's about remembering. So we can tap into these things to protect ourselves. And um so, and speaking of tulpas, I mean... I think that definitely we have the ability to create such a thing. I don't know necessarily if that's always what's going on Mm -hmm. with these things. All I know is that um, right now we have to be on our toes and be prepared to handle the onslaught because it's, it's big and bad and it's as awful as you can imagine. And it's just feeding on this pandemic and all the fear. All the negativity out there. You're absolutely right. Oppression, oppression, oppression. It's through the roof, and yep. oh my! They're having a field day. We have to be on top of it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, here's a question from Phil. Uh, Phil is a, a, one of our show reporters in the middle of the uh, uh, always hopping uh, Litchfield, Connecticut triangle. And uh, Phil has a question. You kind of answered this already, Heidi, but maybe you'd mm-hmm. like to comment further. Sure.
1: Okie dokie. Phil writes to us. Uh, in your research, have you found uh, any time when the Hat Man said anything audible to a person? Uh He seems to instill intense fear in people, but has there ever been a message either telepathic or by sound?
2: Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah he, as, he, as you said you mentioned that but
2: yes he'll uh, he'll put impressions into people's minds um bad dreams, bad thoughts. he's like that thing whispering in your ear, "Do this, take a left, not a right um He doesn't always uh create the problems that are going on, but he can. Uh, manipulate you, he can cr- manipulate others to create a traffic jam for you, uh, an accident for you, um, yeah, he, he's he's bought everything that you can imagine uh, to create problems, um, he's able to, to encourage that, and who's ever listening to him, unfortunately, has a problem um, and needs to be- better protect themselves, actually, so yeah, he could create all sorts of stuff. Okay. So uh
0: if you're a victim of this already, uh how do you get rid of it or and how do you avoid becoming a victim in the first place?
2: Well, for myself, I mean I don't know if you could see but I always wear my um oh, I yeah. always wear a cross. Um so I use this cross to uh, bless my space. And I have a certain method that I I do to bless my space and and it's like I'm not native, I don't use uh um, what sage I don't you know I'm Christian so I, I I'll use holy water or spring water that I've had in the sunlight for a couple hours and I go through and I methodically get every corner and every every space saying a prayer um, it, around and move it out and then I keep this blessing with me by the cross that I use to bless the home I keep it on me because uh wherever I go these things have a potential to come at me and I'm an occupational therapist. I work with those that have psychological to cognitive to physical dysfunction and I try to help them to become more independent. So um using those skills have been really helpful in this field. Um, but I've had these the hat men go after uh patients, patients of mine. Um I've had things speak through my patients at me. Um so I have to keep my protection with me because it. there's no limit to where they try to access where you're at. And um, But you know what? So many times uh, people have <laughs> written me and they're like, I've been meaning to write you for a year now. But every time I think to, I could feel the anger of these things around me that I'm going to reach out to you. And I'm like, good. Take it as a compliment because they know their time is short. <laughs> because, you know, we got to take the stuff on head on.
0: Yeah. Let's take a moment to talk about your books and your website.
2: Yes. Anything you'd like uh, to promote? Yeah. Um, so my podcast, Dark Becomes Light, uh, as I mentioned, is on iHeart. And it's part of Coast to Coast AM's new paranormal podcast network. Mm-hmm. And uh, I welcome anybody to write me through my website, shadowfolks.com or com. Write as much detail as you'd like about whatever it is that you've experienced from angels to aliens to shadow people to hat man and uh you know just to have a conversation about these things and uh keeping it real and on the level um my books the secret war book is the first one discussing uh the conflict and alien contact and the connection with shadow people and my experiences with alien beings that uh, introduce these topics to me and um the Hatman books i have two of them uh one of them is telling about the whole phenomenon and then I have uh, the Hatman, the one that illustrates how to uh, keep these dark things away. Um, being Christian, I having these people always writing me saying, okay, first, I don't get into the religious stuff, but the devil came at me. What do I do? I'm like, okay, you're acknowledging the devil, but you won't acknowledge, <laughs> you know, the positive. I mean, so I, I felt like I was always trying to get people to say, oh, the mustard seed, the size of a mustard seed faith. So I have a website called The Other F Word for um, faith. I did a book for kids, being a cartoonist, kind of like in um, The Diary of a Wimpy Kid-like style. And I had all these adults writing me saying, great, thanks. So I decided to do a, a, an adult version with comics and everything. Um, so The Other F Word, um, how to find faith and laugh at yourself while trying. Um, anything to try to get people to wake up. Um, and I've also had... uh Jesus Encounters, and it's actually my highest rated uh, book uh, called Jesus is No Joke. I would have never expected to have encounters with him. I was a huge skeptic of such things, only to be met with him. And uh, I'm all about being as painfully honest as I can about whatever it is I experience. And I have several books um, on these topics that's just kind of pulling a whole picture together, I hope, that helps people find a path. To just build their themselves up to be able to take these things on and no, not question, uh, have no doubts that you can indeed uh, do this. And with faith, I mean, I feel like um, you could go a, a long way with that. So, um, no limits. But um, but yeah. So and I, oh, and I'm a cartoonist. I do a paranormal comic. So um, it's at the Outlanders Comic on Instagram. Uh so feel free to check it out. <laughs>
0: okay, very good.
1: Oh, ben. yes. Uh, you looked at me and I I I think I'm I think <laughs> you, I ver-
0: You've been uh, stewing the whole show here. No,
1: I'm not not so much stewing. I'm I my my brain is 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 uh is slow today. Um and so it's so it's 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 taking a little to, to rev up. Um you know, I, I think it's I think it's really interesting. This this whole this whole conversation, just kind of listening to it and trying to gather my thoughts while while also listening to it. Um, there's two things that pop into my head. One, I do think it's interesting that the uh, you know I don't you know, the the what you just said, Holly, about you know I don't believe any of this of uh, this religious stuff, but I, I ran into the devil. And the first thing <laughs> I thought of was Brothers Karamazov uh, by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Um, his last his last sprawling great work. If you've never read it, you know it. it Russian existentialism is something else that's for sure it's really it's really great but um there's a really interesting one one of the three brothers karamazov he's uh you know a, a Moscow intellectual in the late eighteen hundreds he's an atheist uh but he ends up getting this this old timey disease called brain fever um and uh just a the plot is very confusing so I'm just going to summarize it very quickly he um while he's while he's very ill, he has delusions, and in these delusions, he's talking with a um, you know, man in a shabby suit, and um, you know he's basically trying to convince him you know that he's the devil, and that's like his his whole thing. He's trying to convince this brother that you know oh yeah I'm the devil and I'm here. He's like well that doesn't make any sense. Like if you know if I was to believe in God, why wouldn't I just be convinced to believe in God? And he's like well I win if I convince you I'm the devil. And, Mm. and he was like, that's, that's really the whole thing is, you know, it's, it's, it's one, he's like, because if you believe in me, that means you believe in God, which as an atheist, that means he loses. And so it's like, it's a whole, like, you know, intellectual metaphor on, on how one deals with rationality and materialism. And I think one of the really interesting things about that, as this leads into my next point is we, um, we as, as good old modern Americans in the modern world, we believe in, in, uh, in, in you know, the, uh, the, the magic, the mystery, the mystery of science and, <laughs> and the wonderful, the wonderful things that come along with it, which not to knock it, a lot of great things come from it, you know, medicine, we have, you know, wonderful technologies. We literally have the world in the palm of our hand. Um, but with that comes this, this whole, we, we had to trade a lot of stuff to get there, right? So we our our worldview is is based on this very flat, you know, surface, thanks to uh, Hegel, where you know we we bring everything and we shove it into the material world, and you know this is what we got, right? You know we have. Yeah, you know, we we can we can logically and use reason and, and know that we're sitting here in this room and there are two mics in front of us and there's a computer there that has Skype which has you coming in from a real place that we can kind of guess where it is but we really don't know. It's it's um, how we experience the world now is breaking for a lot of people. It's, it's not working, and it hasn't really worked, right? But we, we like to convince ourselves that we, that we have because the, the key word is control. We like to be able to control our surroundings. We like to be able to think that we have control, and we will do anything to do it because we as humans have <laughs> always wanted to do that. We've always wanted to have powers over the world, and we've wanted to have our control over it. That's why, you know, we, we built sort of, you know, this, this whole place. That's why we have time. That's why, why, you know, time is a thing because we've tried to control it. Um, and now that we're, we're in this very odd space where, you know, we have a, this horrifying set of world events that we're all participating in at the same time, it's, it's – we're getting to a point where things are just kind of falling apart. And, um, you know, a lot of the people that we trusted don't have the answers because our worldview doesn't allow for anything that's outside of the material world even even you know us as you know I'm not going to say religious faithful people we will say that we see the world with two sets of glasses we have faith glasses and then we have regular world glasses and that's how we see the world and it's like okay well you know this is this this is that we separate them and this is how we we acknowledge it and as much as we try to not and see everything as a whole it's uh, it's very hard to do because we've been we've been conditioned and trained like that for you know a good thousand years or so you know and our philosophy and our culture reflects that right everything is compartmentalized nothing nothing interacts with anything else it's like okay well we'll look at government you know the president is separate from congress and the senate it's just they're all separate things yeah. and they all do their own things and it's it's just not that way right we don't see the world as a whole so now there there are all these people writing to you because they can't get answers from no normal people. Am I and not I'm not going to say normal. They can't get answers <laughs> from I didn't mean to insult you. That came across as no, no,
2: I got you. I got you. It's like they go to their church and I'm getting these people that try to seek help from their church and they're being turned away and saying, "Well, if you join my church or if you donate money, I've literally got these emails, maybe we'll go and, you know, try to help you out." Um, it's a shame and all these things are connected and, and we feel it. We totally feel it, whether we put a label to it or not and say this is faith-based stuff or what, um, you know, and it's like, I, I always uh, tell people, yeah, I have my Christian belief. I'm not a church going person, but I can't deny what I've experienced and seen for myself um, as far as the Jesus the encounters and um, all these other types of encounters too. So it's like, I'm just a, uh, I'm just trying to be realistic that there's a there's a reason why our calendars are set to the time that Christ died. There's a reason uh, behind a a lot of things and why we keep certain patterns, because there's a lot of things that are so real. It's hard to discredit it. Um, You know, why are we holding on to these these things that we do? Um, And why is this thing? We talk about something being evil and it's like, well, that doesn't seem right. I I could feel this chair underneath me. Where's that tangible evidence to show Hatman is real? Um, you know, this is what drives people underground uh that fought for their lives through the night and they gotta get up and pretend like it didn't happen. And they're absolutely like suffering. PTSD, uh they've been violated, they've been brutalized. I mean Hatman will throw you across the room and beat you to a pulp. Hey, you gotta straighten up and pretend it didn't happen. Thousands. I got thousands of these emails over the years. I got thousands the first night I spoke of them. And and I did a TV show and they asked me, how many of these uh, cases have you had? I'm like thousands. They dubbed me to say Miss Hollis has seen dozens and dozens No, (laughs) in a week, maybe. Um, I mean, this is real, but the media downplays it. People downplay it. But we're living in this reality, and we don't think about this reality until somebody we loves dies. or we're like, where'd they go? Or their pet dies. Where'd they go? Where's that inner them? Did it just cease to exist? Heck no. We know that. We know there's something more to the, the skin that we're walking around in. So we have to start contemplating these things now, because these things are placing their bets on us not to figure them out. This is a real problem. Uh, it's no time to waste to give me that piece of proof. It's like your piece of proof is uh, people are suffering. Trust your neighbor. If their, their voice can put you to prison for the rest of your life, you should believe that their voice means something, even officially. But we're going to discredit them because, well, I didn't see it. Well, you didn't see the crime they witnessed either, but they could put you to jail for it. You know, it's like we, we just got to stop with this. Um, it's a, these are real things going on to real people who are truly suffering in silence because we're so easy to laugh about it. Um, but now, you know, we talk about UFOs. Oh, those weirdos see those. Well, now we see more officially now that the government's been in on it. I, I know I was interrogated while I was in college by government people wanting to know about UFOs, but who could I tell? Who would believe that? Only to learn years later there's something called military abductions my labs, you know, and then to find that people in my family were well aware of all of this stuff. So what we're calling uh, not to be real is absolutely real. And there's many people who are aware of it, but they're hiding these things because of us and because of those who want to keep the power, keep it silent. Enough is enough.
0: It really is. Well, there we have it. Heidi, we're out of time. We have plenty more questions, but we'll do another show soon. (laughs) Awesome! And, uh, thank you so much. Thank uh, you keep guys. up the great work.
2: I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: So let's move <laughs> on to our sure. announcements, uh, Ben. If you would be so kind.
1: Sure. Uh, so on Tuesday, September twenty-first, my dad will present a program on UFOs, cryptids, and ghosts via Zoom to uh, Mainline Mufon in Philadelphia. And you can check out Mainline Mufon. That's M A N L I N E M U F O N dot
0: on Friday, October 8th, I'll present a paranormal overview at a somewhat unlikely venue, the Arizona Dowsers Conference at the Little America Hotel in Flagstaff. Uh, visit that DowsersSouthwest.com for more information.
1: And we'll present once again at the Western Connecticut UFO Conference uh, during the last week of October this year. On Sunday, the 24th, we'll do a live simulcast with the conference. Uh, this will be an open-line show format with Kathleen Martin taking questions. From conference participants and our global audience on the Betty and Barney Hill abduction case, which 2021 is the 60th anniversary on the uh, following Saturday, COVID uh, variants permitting, we'll present live at the Danbury, Connecticut Public Library uh, to wrap up the conference. Other presenters that week will include Mark D'Antonio, Tom Reed, Michael uh, Scrat, Linda Zimmerman, uh, Mike Panicello from uh, Connecticut MUFON.
0: Uh, after years of tech problems, all regular recorded radio broadcasts of this show, Behind the Paranormal, from CBS Radio, Achieve Radio and here on WONAM and FM have been restored in the archives at BehindTheParanormal.com. Also fully restored are the Return to Brendlesham series from 2010 to 2011 on CBS and all related shows along with the Achieve Radio monthly two-hour specials from 2009. So check that all out at BehindTheParanormal.com. Also, uh, most of the, many of those are on the major podcast platforms, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. So, we, I guess, uh, ought to be moving on here. Uh, don't forget our show has its own app. You can uh, get that uh, soon in the stores, uh, online stores, but there's a link at BehindTheParanormal.com if you'd like to download it now. It's simple, but it'll give you all the shows uh, that have recently been broadcast.
1: Indeed, and don't forget about our website, which we've mentioned multiple times. But you can also get our books on there um, and those of our guest uh, co-hosts, BehindTheParanormal.com. You can also find out more about the show, our many cases over the years, our public appearances, and how to book us, along with all of those shows you mentioned earlier, and uh, more.
0: So next week we have, uh, that'll be August 15th, but we welcome back the legendary John Zaffis, nephew of Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, to talk about some of his weirdest ghost cases. And we leave you today with a sobering thought from our guest Heidi Hollis herself. To me, it feels like the dark side is placing bets on us not to figure them out. Unquote. I'm Paul Eno.
1: And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on this other, this new wild ride. And join us again next time